Jesus, I trust that your arms are open to us, that you are uh, waiting for us, longing for us to, to reach out to you, um, because you are already reaching out to us. Um, help us to recognize that we are your beloved, we are your favored ones, uh, we are, are the ones that you have created, that we're part of this world that you've created. Um, help us to hear well what you're speaking tonight, and give us the courage and the clarity to live out what we hear. In your good name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, a few weeks ago, we had a listening session in this space. Uh, Chris and Kate guided this, and uh, we asked three questions, and then we spent time in silence, prayerfully listening uh, in response to these three questions. I think the questions were, I think we have them up here. Um, God, how do you see open door? God, how do you see open door moving? And God, what should we do next? And there were a lot more thoughts in the first one than the last one. Uh, but we just spent time listening, and that was one of our collective gatherings this summer, us asking questions of God, and us sitting together, listening, and then sharing out these prompts and these hunches, these images that came to mind. Some people had an image of Taco Bell, so they said Taco Bell. Some people had an image of tree roots, or gardens growing, or kind of seeing the neighborhood from new places. Um, We asked God questions, and then we sat together, and we listened for a response. Um, tonight, we're going to kind of kind of think through some of that stuff that we, we listened and heard, uh, but I'm also going to reflect a bit on my own journey with Open Door. It's been four years, almost exactly, since the Clute family moved up to the East Bay, uh, and we joined you all here at Open Door. So I'm going to reflect a bit on that journey. Um, we're not going anywhere, so if at any point you're like, he's going to say he's leaving, I'm not going to say I'm leaving. Um, so just to get that out, like, get that out. Jane is like, people are going to think you're leaving. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm not. So reflect a little bit on my own journey with Open Door and then dream and envision together what lies ahead for us. Um, on February 14th, 2014, I sent Chrissy an email. The subject line was, this sounds like a fun job. Uh, and I sent her this. I sent her a link to Jerry Swigart's blog where he had posted a job description on one of his blog posts. And the, the email was simply, it's up in San Francisco, though. I wish more stuff like this existed in the Midwest. We were in Los Angeles at the time, looking to move back to the Midwest. Uh, and I hadn't been finding a lot of stuff that was super exciting. So I sent Chrissy this job. Uh, she responds back. This was probably a week after we had talked about it. So she reiterated what she said as soon as she heard it, before she knew that this was a community called Open Door. She said, this does look cool. I said this already, but let's see whether or not this door is actually open. See, but that wasn't a clever pun that she made. It was like she didn't know open door was called open door. She just said, like, well, let's check and see if the door is open. And I'm like, it's called open door. And she's like, I'm packing my bags. We're moving to the East Bay. Um, um, On March 1st, 2014, I sent Kate Schwass an email. Uh, with a cover letter and a resume saying, I, I formally submit my interest in the position that you posted on the internet. Like trying to be all like, like formal and nice and polite and professional. Um, on my resume, um, I told Kate that I was an INFP and an Enneagram 2 um, and that I had four guiding, four guiding ministry values. Uh, I said, everything we're doing in LA is, is Jesus-shaped on mission, communal, and locally cultivated. 
Um, and as I was thinking about those this week, I was like, gosh, that sounds a lot like Open Door. And gosh, was I just kind of like padding my resume with language that sounded familiar to Open Door? And I wasn't because this is like a resume that had been like in the works and like we've been searching for something for a long time. And as we were reflecting on our life in Los Angeles, um, these were the values that rose to the surface for everything we did for our eight plus years in Los Angeles. Um, Jesus-shaped, on-mission, communal, and locally cultivated. Um, it just so happened that there was this like, beautiful overlap with the work of Open Door. Um, but these weren't things uh, that like, I was like, oh, this will sound great on a resume that I'm sending to Open Door. It was like, no, this is who we are. These are the values that had shaped eight years that we had spent in Los Angeles. And over those eight years, these are the values that had shaped us in ways that we could never have expected or imagined. Um, this past week, I was reading back on some of my journals from like 2012, 2013, 2014 um, in that season. And over and over again, like the constant theme is, what are we doing in Los Angeles? How long will we be in Los Angeles? Is there a path forward for us to stay in Los Angeles? That was kind of a hope of mine, that we could figure out a way to stay in Los Angeles. So I wasn't just like, get me out of Los Angeles. It was like, can we stay in Los Angeles and what might that look like? But if not, if we're not going to stay in Los Angeles, how will we find a path forward to a new place? So anyways, I sent Kate my resume and a cover letter, um, and eight days go by before I hear anything back. Those are like eight nail-biters filled with nail-biting-filled days. Um, but finally, we set up an interview, like a, a conference Zoom thing, and it goes well. Uh, and then another week goes by, and there's a second video call. Um, and then, like, a couple weeks go by, and it's, like, kind of radio silence, haven't heard much. And then I get a word back, and, and Chrissy sends me an email on April 7th, and she says, I'm glad this is still a possibility, which is, like, hey, let's check this out. And all of a sudden, we're, like, leaning in and, like, hey, we really want this to work. And we're, like, the silence is, like, is this going to happen? And then we're leaning in, like, we think this is a possibility. We're really excited about it. Um, and then I get in, we, we get invited up here to spend a weekend with you all. Um, and I get this email from Brendan Cheney. And Brendan says, Dave, this is Friday, May 9th. I'm excited for your trip up here next weekend. I'm looking forward to hosting your family. You'll be staying with me and my wife, Emily. It was just him and his wife, Emily. There weren't, there weren't three kids and a dog, but there was a, a fish named Mr. Swimmy Pants. Uh, so it was just Brendan, Emily, and Swimmy Pants. Everett just called the fish Pants. When he, it. he said, where's that fish Pants? Uh, just wanted to drop you a line and ask if there's anything in particular you guys love eating or drinking so we can stock it, as well as ask if there's anything you, Chrissy, or Everett are allergic to. I'm, I'm sure traveling with a one-year-old is hard. He had no idea at the time. He didn't have three one-year-olds that he had, had parented. I'm sure traveling with a one-year-old is hard, so if there's anything we can stock in the house so you don't need to pack it, just let me know. Can't wait to meet you. I loved reading back to these emails. I, there's a whole bunch more of them that I just love from, from many of you. Uh, Facebook messages and emails, like in this period of like, hey, we're excited to meet you. We don't know anything about you. Hey, that was great to meet you. We're just going to wait to see what's next. Is this, this really awkward, wonderful season that we had. Uh, but from the beginning and, and never stopping since then, I have been swept up and, and our family has been swept up into the hospitality and generosity and authenticity of Open Door. Um, I have a number of friends who are pastors, and none of them that I know of have the kind of relationship that I get to have with you all. 
Uh, for the most part, in many churches, and this is the, the experience that many of my friends have, is that pastors are kind of removed from, from like the relational life of the community, or they're pedestaled and they're kind of like put in a different space, and it's kind of like this awkward thing. Um, like pastors are kind of this outsider who gathers a group of insiders and is always feeling a little bit like they're on the outside looking in. Uh, this is like the experience of a lot of my friends. Um, there's a book written by a woman named Barbara Brown Taylor, and she's reflecting on this barbecue that her church has. And as the night goes on in this barbecue, people start, like, pushing each other into the swimming pool. And she's sitting there, like, desperately wanting to be pushed into the swimming pool because she just wants to be part of the community. And yet she knows, like, she's, a, she's an Episcopal priest. And she knows she will never be pushed into the swimming pool. Like, that's the experience that a lot of my friends who are pastors have. Um, I don't feel like I have that here. I feel like you have proverbially pushed me into so many swimming pools. Um, and it's wonderful. I love it. I know I'm a part of this community with you all, and that is a huge gift. Uh, Frederick Beekner uh, says that all of our lives are sacred journeys. Um, and he says, God speaks not just through the sounds that we hear, but through events in all of their complexity and variety, through the harmonies and disharmonies and counterpoint of all that happens. So he says our lives are not just series of events, but they're sacred journeys, divinely orchestrated, met together in community with each other and with God. Our lives are sacred journeys. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Blessed are those who recognize the sacredness of each and every day of their journey. In the last four years, so we joined you all. You hired me. Thank you. I'm not leaving. Uh, Thank you. In the last four years, Open Door has been through some major organizational shifts. Um, we've, We've been around for seven years as an independent church and 14 years as a community gathering together centered on Jesus. Um, We have both grown and shrunk as we've both welcomed and sent people with open hands. Um, We've baptized adults and kids. We've welcomed and we've dedicated a surge of babies into our community. It's a surge, that's their collective noun, a surge of babies. We've explored the scriptures together. We've explored and navigated the ever-changing context of the Bay Area together. We've gone on retreats. We've navigated all kinds of change together. There's, there's like books, like shelves worth of books that are written on organizations that navigate the transition from like the founding leader to the next generation of leadership. And we haven't read a lot of books on it, but we probably could write a few. Like there's been all kinds of transitions that we've gone through. And I'm grateful for the ways that we've navigated those together. Um, personally, I've had like, as, a, as the, a pastor here at Open Door, I've had this percu- peculiar privilege um, to walk alongside of you all in the highs and the lows, and the celebrations, and the pains, and the complexities, and the joys of life. Some of those complexities and joys are specific to the 21st century Bay Area, and some of them are just part of the reality of being human in our world. But part of what I get to do is like walk on the inside with many of you at the, the difficulties, and the pains, and the complexities, and the joys, and the celebrations of your life, and it's been awesome. It's been this unbelievable joy to walk alongside, to walk together as our lives are unfolding, to witness your faithful and courageous and brave and sacrificially loving lives as they unfold for the sake of others, for the sake of what God has invited you into. 
A lot has changed in the last four years, but a lot has remained the same. We remain a community whose orientation centers on Jesus. We remain a community who is grounded in the scriptures. We remain a community that's listening for the voice of God's spirit, longing not only to hear it, but to lean in and step forward based on what we hear. We remain a community that is committed to each other, sharing from our abundance and asking for help and showing up with faithful presence when there's a need. We remain committed to asking the most pressing questions facing our world and trusting that following Jesus provides answers that often take the form of better questions. We remain committed to the trust and the hope that there is goodness for the world in the good news of Jesus. And we know that that is sometimes lost, that the goodness of the good news has sometimes been lost but we're committed to the trust and the hope that there is goodness for the world in the good news of Jesus. So we live personally and collectively as a witness to the goodness of Jesus in our world. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the journey. Some translations say, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the highway. Highways to Zion, I think. They add that because they're like, what does it mean for you to be, have your heart set on the highways of Zion? So they added that in. It's not in the Hebrew. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the highways. So what lies ahead? What, what do the coming months and years look like for us at Open Door? Um, our world has been through some shifts in the last four years. Would you all agree? There's been some things that have changed in the world around us. Um, They're not just shifts. I think we could say that they're crises. Uh, A a definition of a crisis is a term... This is like the third definition. So Some of you are like, that doesn't sound right. It's a third definition. Anything can be a third definition. You can find a third definition to support anything you want to. This is a third definition of crisis. It's a turning point of a disease when an important change takes place, indicating either recovery or death. It's a crossroads. There's a fork in the path. You're not sure which way it's going to go. It's the point at the story where you don't know what's going to happen to the character. You hope and trust that they're going to go this way, but sometimes they go that way. You're not sure what the world holds down the road. So a crisis isn't just something that's bad. It's an opportunity. It's a fork in the road. It's an inflection point where the road ahead, the journey ahead, the highway ahead requires a new posture or a new set of tools or practices. So I've just been thinking about the last four years, and four major crises in our world come to mind. Um, I think about race and the way that our world is navigating questions of race, which includes the connection and the relationship between neighborhoods and police. It includes the growing awareness of privilege among people who look like me. There's this there's this major crisis, at least in America, but but all, all around the world, about race. Who are we? How do we understand our relationship to one another in this increasingly complex or, or maybe just like slowly uh, opening up reality that we're seeing around us, around race? I think about immigration and the stunningly large movement of people that's happened in the world in the last four years. If you look at like the, the patterns of movement, it's from the north to the south and from the east to the west. It's all over the place. It's a global and a local thing. It's taking place in our backyards, and it's taking place in places we have never heard about. 
But this major movement of people around the world is a crisis. It's a turning point for our world and how we're going to respond. What does it look like to live in this world where, where mass immigration is taking place at an unprecedented rate? Um, I think thirdly about the Me Too movement um, and the scandals of abuse and misogyny and discrimination that have shaken the foundation of politics and entertainment and the church. Like, the church isn't immune from this. A lot of times it's at the center of this. We see that happening over and over again in in Catholic communities and in Protestant communities and in evangelical communities all over the world. It's this thing that, like, needs to shake something up in us. We need to respond differently as a result of this crisis in the world of how we treat each other as humans. How do we understand gender? How do we understand our relationships? How do we understand power and how that affects us in our working relationships and our familial relationships and our friendships? Like, it's this major crisis that we have to... There's a fork in the road. What are we going to do? And lastly, I think about, like, for us, particularly in America, the crisis of the 2016 election. Um, And and regardless of, of what you think about it, but we live in these newly muddied waters where we can't seem to agree on what is true and what is fake and where our allegiance lies in the middle of it all. So we have these four major crises where it's like, What are we supposed to do? And I sit and wonder, what does it mean to be a church in the face of not just one of these, but all four of these major crises or turning points? And I guarantee you that you have all thought about a fifth and a sixth and a seventh major thing that we are facing in the last few years or in the coming months that, like, what does it mean to be a church in light of all of this? And too often, in too many places, the church seems to turn away from these places of hurt and woundedness, retreating into the comfort of like our cognitive beliefs and retreating into our communities of people who all think the same way. So what if instead, what if instead the church opened up? We didn't retreat, we didn't turn away, we didn't shelter ourselves, but we opened up. We opened up not just our heads, but our hearts and our hands and moved towards hurt and pain and crisis, knowing that it might be messy and dangerous and scary and unknown. But in a confusing world, we follow the way and the truth and the life. So what if as a church, we move towards these spaces of crisis? trusting that the Spirit will guide us forward, even into the unknown. Not move away from these things, but move toward them. We've been trying to move towards them, to name these things as realities in our world, as realities that God speaks into, that the Scriptures guide us into, that the Spirit is leading us into. What would it continue to look like for us as a church to lean fully into the most pressing crises and questions that the world is facing? I'm convinced, uh, as much as ever, if not more so, that the world needs communities like Open Door. And that the East Bay needs Open Door to continue to thrive and grow and stretch and reach. Not because we have it all figured out, um, and in some ways precisely the opposite of that, because we don't have it all figured out. But we're leaning into the one we trust does. We're leaning into questions We're leaning into curiosity and learning and relationship. We're leaning into the trust that following Jesus matters in this world. In this moment in time, following Jesus together as a church matters in this world. 
at our listening session a few weeks ago, I wasn't there, and I loved the, I, I missed being there dearly, and yet I love that, like, this happened. We were in Yosemite, like, we didn't have uh, cell reception, we, we had no idea what was happening. Uh, Kate, like, sent me a message saying, like, it went great tonight, and I got it on Friday. Uh, and I love that. And then I, then I also got these texts of, like, these images and words and phrases that you all heard together, and these beautiful overlaps, and these patterns, and these repetitions, and these themes um, that, that rose up as we listened together, as we asked God questions together. Um, I want to touch on a few of these themes that seem to rise up uh, in our listening session together. Uh, scrappy, stirring, and pace. Scrappy. People talked about shaggy grass that looks nice but isn't totally like under control. People talked about roots that are kind of going everywhere. People talked about all the, like, there's like a scrappiness to open door. So there's this scrappy, gritty reality to who we are together. Uh, we might call it authenticity or depth or intentionality. We value passion over production, intentionality over flippant quickness. Some of the images that, that rose up for people uh, were like the flickering authenticity of a vintage reel of film, aged and worn yet crisp and beautiful. Like deep roots that are firmly planted, allowing the tree to withstand whatever season it finds itself in. Scrappy looks like people here at the gathering jumping in with questions and pushbacks and wisdom to share. It looks like honesty about the real struggles of life, about mental health, and about marriage, and about kids. It looks like pushing past shallow affinities with a deep desire to be formed in unlikely community with people who don't look or act or vote or believe like us. Scrappy. Open door, y'all are scrappy. <laughs> Stirring. Open door values movement and growth and change. We want to be stirred in our souls. We don't come here to experience each other. We come here to experience God together. We expect that the Spirit will speak and stir us when we show up to this place together. We also want to be stirred out of the status quo. We long for change in ourselves and in the world. We cling to Jesus because we believe and hold to the hope that the way things are is not the way things will be. Some of the images that popped up are like a flock of birds like a tide coming in and out, like the wind blowing on shaggy, scrappy grass. Stirring looks like people jumping into the front seat of their Uber or Lyft or showing up at the same sushi restaurant every single Sunday night and moving past the transactional relationship into real storytelling, into listening to the stories and the experience of other people. It looks like learning new languages, because you want to communicate with people that you cannot communicate with right now. So let's learn a new language. It looks like shoving the corporate ladder aside and choosing a new path to teach, to care, to offer ourselves to the world around us. Stirring. Something is stirring, and we love it at Open Door. Pace. We move to a script or a rhythm or a pace that's informed not by the call of the world around us, but by the unique call of Jesus to open door. We think that Jesus has a specific vision and invitation for us specifically as open door. Uh, from the beginning, open door was the name that we called ourselves uh, because in Revelation, in Revelation 3, there's this image of, of a church with its doors closed and Jesus is standing at the door knocking. 
and nobody is answering the door at the church. And Jesus is knocking, and then he says, if anybody opens the door, I'll come in and eat with you. It's in Revelation 3. Jesus is just standing there at the doors of a church knocking. I would like to have dinner. Would you let me in? And the doors are closed, and Jesus just stands there knocking. Maybe for the rest of Revelation. I don't know. Um, We want to have our doors open to each other, uh, to the strangers among us, and also to the voice and call of Jesus. We step toward, with intentionality, this pace of an easy yoke and a light burden, this unforced rhythm of grace that Jesus invites us into. Some of the images that came up around this were a submerged view of our neighborhood. Like we're seeing our place from a different angle. Something is different in the way we see the places that we inhabit every day. There's something different about how we see the world. Someone said it's like a campfire in the middle of a workday. A campfire in the middle of a workday. That sounds awesome. Like the delight of a parent watching their child learn to roller skate. It's like a slow pace. They don't move fast right away. And then all of a sudden they're moving really fast and they have a huge bruise or gash or cut, but they're having the time of their lives. Pace looks like slowing down when everybody else is speeding up. It looks like taking a full day of Sabbath in a busy week. It looks like changing the world by knowing and loving the people who live next door to you. Scrappy, stirring pace. These are like some of the central things that seem to pop up as Stuart team met and prayed over and, and thought through some of these words as, as I looked at them and thought about them. Um, stirring, scrappy pace. Um, there's more words we could add to that list. Um, Open Door is this authentic collective of real people. Stepping ahead at the pace of Jesus, who is always intentional with his time but never busy. A community of people who are open to and longing for the stirrings of God's spirit to provoke change and movement around us. Open Door is a community of those who are committed to Jesus, as well as those who are intrigued by Jesus. As well as those who are both committed and intrigued by Jesus. Open Door is a community of curious learners who who prioritize people and who prefer postures over positions. Open Door is a group of humans who ask the most pressing questions facing the world and trust that faithful presence here in this space, in our neighborhoods, with our neighbors, in our workplaces, with our coworkers, in all the places we find ourselves, that faithful presence has something to offer the world. Open Door, it's a collective of millennial-minded Jesus followers learning to live well here in the East Bay for the sake of the world around us. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, who live in tempo and rhythm and pace with God's heartbeat in the world. Um, I have a few invitations kind of coming out of this collective conversation ramble fest that you just experienced. Um, But before I kind of share a few invitations, uh, I'm curious if there's any thoughts, if there's any words that struck you, if there's any images that came to mind, maybe as we we revisited some of our listening, um, as we revisited some of the, what's happened amongst us in the last four years or so. Um, Anything rise up? Anything that strikes you, anything that like sets your heart on fire or just is like a, a blanket of confusion over your brain, any of those things are fair game.
Yes. Stan asked, am I supposed to think of myself as an older millennial? Yeah, so I, I talked about being, so the, the phrase I've been using is like, open door is millennial minded. A lot of us are millennial, so a lot of us aren't, but I know pretty much everyone in this room pretty well, and I would say like, we got some, a millennial minded community. As in the questions that the millennial generation is asking, this community leans into we want to press into these questions, these conversations that are happening in the world around us. So it doesn't matter how old we happen to be. We want to press into the, like the, these most pressing questions that we could look at the millennial generation and say, like, those are the kinds of questions millennials ask. Those lazy, no-for-good basement dwellers. Uh, none of those are true about all millennials. Um, but it's like a millennial-minded community. We're asking the questions about what, what's happening in the world right now. What does the future of the world look like? What does it mean to follow Jesus in the world in light of the 21st century Bay Area context that we live in? How do we ask those questions well, regardless of your age? Thoughts, words, questions. Hazy brains. Carrie. Which one of these three would be most helpful in us moving forward? Um, as a millennial-minded community, I think we can do about 18 things at once. Uh, so all of them. Um, I, the one that, that they all draw me in, um, I want to be a community that's stirred by something outside of us. Um, I, want to, I want to know when we get together that we're not just getting together to share like, our own best thoughts and our own best ideas and our own meanderings about the world. Like, I want to get together and know that we're, we're grounded in something that's beyond us and that's pushing us outside of ourselves. Um, so this idea of stirring uh, kind of captures my, my imagination right now as I think about what is, like, a community like us, we could get together and we could solve, we could solve or attempt to solve almost any problem we could think of and come up with, like, a really good idea or, like, a series of ideas or a brainstorm of ideas. I don't just want our best ideas. I want something outside of ourselves to inspire and stir us towards the kind of change that God wants. So, so the stirring like hits me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chris is just saying, like, we're a family. Like, we're, we happen to be an organization with some structure. We happen to have nonprofit status. 
But like, that doesn't matter as much as it matters that we lean into relationships together, that we are present with each other in the highs and the lows and the peaks and the valleys, um, that we're a family. Um, totally agree. This is not like, I'm not unveiling like, and this is the new Open Door 14.7. Um, this is just like, so this isn't like, our new three words. Not, not that. These are just three words that rose up from a few weeks ago. So absolutely, like, family hits that list. Absolutely, like, right at the top. Like, who are we? We're a fa- family that's gathered around Jesus, called together by Jesus. Not, for the, not because we, we share all the same likes and dislikes, but because Jesus has called us together for a purpose. And that's what makes us a family. And when I say that this isn't like, and this is the new thing that we're all doing, like get your tattoos scrappy, and like, um, this is like, we're, 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 we're trying to roll out some like thoughts, like I want people to, we'll move to the invitation, uh, lean in, invest, and invite. Uh, so my, my sense in this past season, and I've heard this from enough different people, is like, it's kind of fuzzy what Open Door is all about, or like, Open Door has been through a lot of change, like let's... Like, I'm curious what, what you feel like, what is Open Door about right now in this season in light of all these changes? Or like, I, I'm really curious and intrigued by Open Door, but I don't really know about blank. So, so it's like, hey, let's start talking about who we are, how we organize our life together uh, around the invitations of Jesus, um, how we go out in life together. Like, let's talk about these things rather than just like living in this like, fuzzy, vague, hazy cloud that is like the family of Open Door. Like, let's clarify who we are and what we're up to. So, who are we? What are we doing here? Let's, let's know what we are about as Open Door. Um, so, the first invitation is to lean in. Like, there's questions that you have about Open Door. Like, lean into those questions. You can talk to me about them. You can also talk to someone else about them. Um, this fall, we're going to have a series of um, kind of midweek circles they're going to be one-nighters around all kinds of different topics and practices, um, all kinds of different critical conversations we're invited into. And like three or four of them throughout the fall are just going to be like orient and reorient nights. Like we're going to gather around tables and we're going to talk about Open Door. We're going to talk about who Open Door is in this season, what Open Door is about in this season. I'd love everybody to show up to one of those. Because it's like this chance of like, what are the fuzzy places in your mind about Open Door? The things you're not quite sure about? You feel like, I've been here a long time, but I'm on the periphery. Like, let's clarify these things, and then let's jump into the center, which is Jesus. Let's do this together. Um, So like, lean in with your questions, with your excitements, with your ideas, with your whatever you have. The pushbacks, all these things. We lean in together. And you can do that. Talk to me. We'll grab coffee. Talk to someone else. You all grab coffee. I'm not going to grab coffee. I stopped drinking coffee regularly, remember? Um, You pray for me, yes, please. Um, Or join one of these orient slash reorient nights. Like, I want everybody to show up to one of these. Grab dinner with people at Open Door, talk about Open Door. Lean in with your questions, with your excitement, with your ideas. Um, A second invitation is to invest. Uh, We talk about investment holistically. It's not just like, show up with your cash, uh, but invest with your time, invest with your energy, invest with your relationships. And invest with your finances, um, all of those things. We have, like, a sign-up for, for Open Door Kids this fall, and there's some, there's some spots we need filled. Like, show up and, and join the rotation, because what Open Door does matters. Um, show up and ask, ask well, where, where does Open Door need help, and, and jump into that with your time. Uh, invite people over for dinner, because Open Door needs all of you to invite people over for dinner, Open Door people and non-Open Door people. Like, invest with your time and your table uh, and your relationships. 
Um, also, like an invitation, like invest with your finances. Uh, we've been talking about this like long-term financial trend at Open Door. Um, we've kind of we kind of have like kind of one of these things going on. You don't have to. I don't know what that's called, but one of those things. Um, we made some staffing and organizational adjustments and decisions in response to that. Uh, so now we're resituated, but we're kind of like stagnated a little bit, and we want to grow and expand because churches like Open Door matters, and the church that is Open Door matters. Um, so we're thinking about the growth and the expansion of our community. Um, the, the expanding footprint of what is possible with a group of people that look like you in relationship with each other, centered on Jesus, living well in the world. What does that look like? How do we, how do we imagine and invest in the expanding age range for our kids? Uh, how do we imagine our worshiping life together here in this space? How do we imagine our outward focus on mission and integration of our everyday lives into the world? And how do we best invest as an organization, as a family, into that? Um, so we're kind of hoping that, like, Five to ten people who currently are not financially invested in Open Door begin to invest financially in Open Door. And we're hoping that five to ten people who are currently investing financially at Open Door will expand their financial investment at Open Door in this season. So, like, a question would be, like, do you fit one of those two categories? Not currently or currently. Do you fit one of those two categories? And are you being, <laughs> are you being invited or called to respond in some way? Not because of guilt or shame or because you feel like you're supposed to or because you feel like it's like, I won't be able to do this unless I do it. None of that is the case. But, but because you feel like, yes, this matters what we're doing here. I want to see the expansion and increased footprint of this community. So I want to invest with my time and my friendships and my relationships and my tables and my finances. Are you being invited or called to invest, to respond in some way? Uh, the third thing is to invite. Um, we, th- like this, this, this looks any number of different ways. Um, open door as a Sunday experience is not something that everybody that you know should be invited into. Some people would be like, that was different, and I never want to talk to you about that again. Some people would be like, that was different, and I'm super, super intrigued. Invite those people in. But for those other people, invite them to share a meal with you, and maybe let them know that you think Jesus is intriguing or that Christians and the church has something to say to the world. Like, find a way to, over a meal or a cup of coffee, like, invite someone deeper into a relationship that where you're opening up about your faithful commitments to Jesus, your trust that God is at work in the world. Invite people to share meals. Make intelligent invites into the life of Open Door. It might be to a circle or to a gathering or to something else. Um, You can also help us make our online space more accessible and hospitable by, like, leaving a review for Open Door on Yelp or Google or Facebook. Like, these things matter. If you're on social media, engage in social media. Um, Not so we, like, grow in our search rankings, but so that we are more hospitable and accessible to those people who are on the lookout for a community like ours. People are on the lookout for communities like ours, and I don't want to hide that. I don't want to hide the fact that there's something beautiful happening in a space like this in a room full of people like you that I get to be a part of. I'm like, this is amazing. I want, I want people who are looking for this to find this. I want there to be clear pathways for people to understand what Open Door is and what Open Door is about. So lean in, invest, and invite. Those are the invitations. We're going to talk more about all this stuff, um, but right now I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. Yes. Yes. Great. Um, let's pray. Jesus, uh, you are the center of everything we do here at Open Door. Uh, you are the, uh, 
the image of the invisible God. You're the, the creator and sustainer of all things. You hold the world together. We don't understand that. We don't begin to wrap the, our minds around the fullness of that, but we trust in it and we lean in together. We lean into you, Jesus. We trust that you are at work around us, speaking, calling, inviting, prompting, provoking us out of the status quo into the world that you are creating around us. Give us the courage to follow you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.